This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sounds of the week there brought to you by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at MD, davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Tanner Mangum here with Austin Horton. We're at the warehouse 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Come down and see us, Eric and Coriander down here, checking out these screaming deals on these beds. Uh, this Colossian over here is usually 2000 plus, and they've got it down in the 800s. So come down here and check out that and more like it. 1825 South, 300 West. Tanner, are you ready to talk some NBA? Absolutely. I one, love the NBA. One of the best guys to do it with. Howard Beck is waiting on the line. Eric, hit the open. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Howard, welcome uh, to the Big Show. This is weird. Sam Amick's calling me right now. That's really weird. <laughs> Howard, thanks for uh, joining us. How are you? Good evening, guys. Tell Sam to chill. You can talk to him later. Sam, I'm hosting a show, brah. What are you What are you calling me for? He probably probably is wondering where is uh, I owe him some money or something. We'll see. Uh, Howard Beck of Sports Illustrated. Now, last time we had John Howard uh, last week, the Jazz were winning without Donovan Mitchell services, and then they went through a weekend and lost twice to the Wolves. And I blame you. I mean, clearly, that, that there are some things that they cannot withstand. And the Howard Beck jinx, combined with now that I work at SI and it's the SI jinx. Yes. Like it's, I mean, you know, you guys have heard me say this before. Like, there's just the ebbs and flows of a season. And so, like, any, any, any one little, you know, divot is not much to, uh, to get too excited about. Although, it has put them in a position, of course, now where tonight, facing the Phoenix Suns, Suddenly it's a game for first place in the Western Conference and home court advantage throughout the playoffs and all that stuff. So, you know, there are consequences for, for stumbles, especially in the West, where, you know, it's, it's always it's always just a, uh, a dogfight. Yeah, about that. How important is it, in your opinion, Howard, for a team like the Jazz to have that home court advantage in a year where the playoff home court advantage might be a little strange? I do think it's still something, right? Like, we're not going to see buildings to capacity probably anytime soon. Certainly not in the first round. Is it possible that by the second round or the conference finals that we will see full capacity buildings in the NBA with, you know, I think we just crossed um, 50% of all adults in in the U.S. now have, have been vaccinated. Like, we're getting closer to normalcy. I don't know how quickly the NBA will decide to make that leap. So, but the crowd is only one part of it, right? Um, there are other comforts of home and of not having to travel. And in the case of the Utah Jazz, like the Denver Nuggets, you have the advantage of elevation. And so to the extent that that has an impact, yeah, I mean, 
everybody else, your impact is only about your crowd. But Utah and Denver have the added potential advantage of elevation and what that does for you and what that does to your opponents. So, so now throw on top of that one more element, which is something that we've talked about often when I've been on the show, which is that I think home court is more important to teams that haven't been there. The Jazz have been in the playoffs, but they've never been in this uh, configuration to the conference finals. I think they're going to probably need or certainly will benefit from having home court advantage throughout the playoffs. So this is something they definitely want to fight for, and I think it's something that if they lost it could be significant. Hey, Howard, Tanner Mangum here. I would love to get your thoughts on the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns, obviously huge matchup tonight, number one playoff spot on the number one seed on the line. Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, two great young coaches. I mean, I think before the season started, if you were to tell me that the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns were 1-2 in the West, it'd be hard to believe. But talk to me about those two young coaches and maybe who, in, in your mind, uh, should be coach of the year. Because I think, honestly, it's kind of coming down to those two. I would have absolutely not believed you if you had told me on December 15th or whatever, on the eve of the season, that we were going to finish this year with the Jazz and the Suns having the two best records in the NBA, basically, um, hmm. which is where they stand right now. I, I would not n- – neither order. It's Utah, Phoenix, Phoenix, Utah. I just would not have believed you. Um, <laughs> and I would have been more inclined to believe that the Jazz could be there than the Suns, of course, because the Jazz were at least already a, a good, solid, respectable, middle-of-the-pack playoff team, whereas the Suns were a lottery team for 10 years. And I expected this, that – Chris Paul's arrival would make a difference and that year two of Monty Williams would make a difference and that some internal growth among their young core could make a difference, but not this kind of leap. This is crazy. Teams don't make this kind of leap uh, without adding, you know, a a LeBron James type or something. And, you know, it's not that Chris Paul's not a great player. He's a future hall of famer, but at this stage of his career, you expect him to improve a team. You don't expect him to take them from 10th to potentially first. So, uh, a lot of different things go into that. Uh, if you had asked me, and we do this all the time, right? We, we check in on awards like every like five minutes. <laughs> if you would ask me in January, um, coach of the year, at that point, it was Quinn Snyder. In February, probably still Quinn Snyder. I think Monty Williams and Tom Thibodeau have both made uh, you know, a, a massive campaign on their own behalf of the last couple of months with the performance of their teams. And so I think those three are the clear front runners. And I think you will see every possible combination of those guys in those slots. I think a couple others will enter the discussion. Doc Rivers will get some votes. Steve Nash might get some votes. Mike Malone could get some votes. Um, I'm not sure who else beyond that. And, you know, Nate McMillan could get some votes as, as coach of the half year, essentially after taking <laughs> over for Lloyd Pierce in Atlanta. Yeah. Um so there's Ty Luke who gets some votes. So I think, per usual, there's a, a field of at least six or seven guys. But I think I think Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, Tom Thibodeau are the three clear front runners in my mind. I think, for me, this is one where it's going to go down to the wire. It's, it's possible that whoever take, gets the best record in the West, that might do it for me, um, especially if it's Phoenix. I, like if, if the Suns go from 10th to 1st, having only really added Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, uh, you know, again, like it's not that Chris Paul doesn't have an influence in that, but this is year two under Monty Williams, and the growth that they've had in the two years that he's been there has been immense. And to, to go from 10th to 1st would just be astounding. So I'm not saying for sure that that would do it, but that might. Yeah, 
I, I think the uh, the culture also that that Monty Williams has has instilled in that team. They talked about it last year during the bubble that the players just they love playing for him. They love the uh, the culture that he's created there. And I'm with you to go from tenth to first is is uh, is pretty remarkable. Chris Paul really cementing himself as a team improver. I mean, wherever he goes, the team gets better. Whether it's the Clippers. The Rockets, the Thunder, and how the Suns, I mean, wherever he goes, uh, wins follow. So, uh, you know, a lot of respect to him and his Hall of Fame career. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how this how this uh, this Western Conference shapes up uh, here in the last 10 games of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I think it's been one of the better parts of this season is just the, some of the pleasant surprises we've seen. The Jazz making a leap, the Suns making a massive leap, the Knicks making a massive leap. You know, none of these things that we could have seen coming, and they've all been really fun to watch. Right. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how things shake out here at the top of the standings soon. Uh, so we've been talking a lot this week about weighing health uh, versus chasing down a, a playoff seed. And with that in mind, Howard, I'm going to cheat a little on this. I'm not going to include Nikola Jokic because I think he'd be the runaway answer here. But the one, two, three, and five seeds in the West right now, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, who is more critical to their team's championship hopes as far as staying healthy goes? Wow. Um, I mean, obviously they all are. Like, no, none of those teams are winning a championship without the guys you mentioned. Even the Lakers. So, which is what, I mean, are the Lakers winning a championship without a healthy LeBron? That's what I'm asking, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't yeah. – like, like this is why when, when we do, like, MVP discussions and people will do the, this guy's the MVP because if you took him off of his team. No, no, no. Every single player who's worth anything, who's a star in this league, if you took him off their team, that team would tumble. That's why they're so valuable. Whether they would tumble from first to sixth versus sixth to lottery, like, that's not, that's not the calculus. The cal- it's, 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 it's all of these guys are important, and, and none of their teams are winning championships without them. Look, the, the Lakers we've seen for the last month without Anthony Davis or LeBron, and even with Anthony Davis back but no LeBron, the Lakers are a best and average team. And LeBron is absolutely critical to them. You know, it's not like they have some surplus of talent, and that's what happens when you've got the best player in the game. Um, and when Anthony Davis, you know, one of the top, whatever, six, seven players in the game, that's, the drop-off from those guys to the rest of their crew is steep. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know how to put those guys in order, Austin, just because like they're like they're all critical to their team's success. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh the the discussion around here has mostly been about uh the jazz uh when they have been healthy and have been playing together this season. That's why they're the number one team in the league, is they've played well and they've been one of the more healthy teams in the NBA, and now they're getting these nicks and dings and ankles and hamstrings and things right before the playoffs start. It, I think you would agree that health trumps uh, seeding, uh, but at what point do you decide, okay, we've won enough, let's sit everybody for the rest of the regular season? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think they have that luxury. Like, you know, back to my premise earlier, I think the Lakers, if they needed to rest guys, like now's not the time, obviously, and they've just had a long rest because of injuries. But, like, if the Lakers needed to rest guys, they can afford to do that. They don't have to worry about seeding most of the time. A team like the Jazz, I think it, it matters. Like, you know, you're, as soon as those guys are healthy, you want them back. But, yes, like, you, you do want 
health for the playoffs. This is just the the tightrope that every team walks at this time of year. And somebody had done the analysis recently about, you know, the relative success of Utah, Phoenix, and New York, like these three teams that all have been surprising in in just their their win total and their the success of their seasons. They have been three of the most healthy teams in the league. So luck has had a role in this. You know, we've seen injuries just decimate other teams and COVID protocols decimate teams. And, you know, the Jazz up until the last couple of weeks had, had been very fortunate in terms of their health. Uh, Howard, last question here. Uh, th- looking at the Jazz's playoff, uh, playoff slate here, the Western Conference obviously top to bottom. I mean, one, one through eight teams that could present some uh, some challenges to the Jazz. If you're the Jazz, which teams do you not want to face in that first or second round? I mean, I think the Jazz fans everywhere will, will tell you that the, every season there's a lot of hope, but then come playoff time, they can just never get over that hump, uh, that the first and second round. So if, if you're looking for an ideal playoff run, what slate are you looking for the Jazz? Yeah, and it's really tough, too, because now when we have the play-in tournament, you know, we won't know who the seventh and eighth seeds are until, you know, three, four days after the season ends. <laughs> uh, be- because seven and eight have to play each other, nine and ten have to play each other, and then the loser of seven and eight has to play the winner of nine and ten. Um, <laughs> if the Jazz are, are first, then they're not going to know who the eighth seed is for a bit there. Uh, and it could be at least any one of four teams right now, even one of five teams, if you want to say that Dallas could still slip down down there. I don't want to see Steph Curry in the first round. I don't want to see Luka in the first round. I don't want to see Dame in the first round. Yeah. Like those are the easy those are the easy ones because they just the guys get on a roll and you just never know. And Dame always comes up big in the playoffs. By by just process of elimination, I guess that leaves the Grizzlies and Spurs as, as teams that might be you know less scary. But, you know, John Morant's incredibly talented, but that team is really young and, and lacking postseason experience, so maybe you're better off with the inexperienced first-round matchup. Nevertheless, I, I expect the Jazz are going to be in the second round. And the real question here is more about that, that second-round matchup because if the Lakers stay in that 4-5 range, man, mm-hmm. like that's, that's a, a brutal pass for, for Utah to have to deal with the Lakers in round two. Yep. And on those lines, as we let you go, Howard, I saw, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, obviously, but I saw you and uh, Mannix, your latest NBA crossover. You had the scheduling guru, the analytics and strategy guy, Evan Wash of the NBA on, and you guys talked, at least in the tease I see here, about that play-in tournament. Where do you stand on this thing as a, as an idea moving forward? Is it okay for one year? Do you want to see some tweaks and keep it, or do you hate it altogether? I think it's great. I think it was absolutely necessary, and I think that it has had the exact effect that you would want. I know some people are looking at it as just like, oh, this was kind of a, a buffer, a safety net in a weird year where you know it gives teams a chance at the end to still be in play for the postseason despite COVID and everything else that, that teams have gone through. It's more than that. This is basically step two of, of an anti-tanking campaign by the league. First, they flattened the lottery odds two years ago. And we've seen the effects of that. Now there's not quite as much of a race to the bottom anymore. And no guarantee that that you'll get a top pick uh, by any stretch by by being bad. And then by having the the play-in involving the ninth and 10th teams in each conference, well, now 20 out of 30 teams automatically are in play as you come down the stretch. But it's more than that because in the West – 
uh, you know, you know, the Pelicans have kind of faded, and so the Pelicans and Kings are out now. But like a week ago, the Pelicans and Kings were still plausibly in the race and had reason to compete. The Raptors and Bulls, the 11th and 12th teams in the in the East, are still plausibly in play for the play-in and have reason to compete. So if you can have, you know, 22, 24 teams in the in the league still with something to play for in the last weeks of a season, that's a huge improvement over the past where teams would say, oh, you know what, we're four games back, we're five games back, we can't make the playoffs, let's pull the plug, rest our veterans, play the kids, you know, all the other stuff that teams do down the stretch when they don't care about winning anymore. And, you know, th- those are all various versions or, 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 and, uh, you know, versions of tanking. And the, the play-in tournament has discouraged that, and that's a good thing. He's Howard Beck. He's with us every Friday here on The Zone. Howard, sad to tell you, uh, probably next week Gordon will be back, so you have to deal with him again. <laughs> I, I, I can handle it. I'm experienced with uh, dealing with Gordon and, uh, and Jake, and uh, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll be all right. I look forward to your call next week. <laughs> J- Jake, Jake's wife had a baby yesterday, and so he'll be out oh, for a little bit, but uh, Gordon will be back. Jake. Yep, congrats yep, they to have Jake second. again. I'll pass that on. Awesome. Thanks, Howard. Have a good week. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, guys. Howard Beck of Sports Illustrated. Tanner Mangum and I, Austin Horton, are here live at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. We've talked about beds. We've talked about sectionals. We've talked about chairs. But they also have rugs, mirrors, sheets, art, whatever you need for your house. Clayton Curl and the people here at the Warehouse have it for you. Clayton, where are we going now with these incredible deals? What do you want to talk about next? I want to talk about, I want to talk about the, uh, the best name sectional that we sell here. Ah, I think I know where you're going. Does it rhyme with Leighton? May or may not start with a C and end with Leighton, yeah. yes. Yeah, the like Leighton like sectional. A uh, little peek behind the curtain. My wife and I just bought one of these. We just bought one of these. And I delivered it to your house. You did. You did. So, uh, yeah, so something that's really cool here is, and I like to I like to always take it back to, do you remember Build the Bear yes. Factory? Yes. Build the Bear Workshop. Workshop. Sorry. Thanks, Tanner. <laughs> Tanner. Hey, Get it right, Clayton. I have a six-year-old <laughs> who loves the Build-A-Bear Workshop. The Build-A-Bear Workshop. Put some respect I'm sorry. Tanner coming at me full force here. You put the little heart in the bear, right? And yeah. you can have the sounds. Yeah. We do that. We don't do the sounds, <laughs> but we basically have build-your-own sectional here at the warehouse. They're it's not scratch and sniff either, though. Nah. I mean, I could add some scratch No, well, look, in we'll get into that off the air. Yeah. Okay. But I, Clayton, I do live in South America most of the time. so <laughs> the, Clayton, the, the Clayton sectional. It's a Utah company as well. Exactly. We, as a local company, pride ourselves that, you know, we like to also work with uh, local manufacturers. We've talked about some, the Ferrari manufacturers and the biggest manufacturers. But we also like to support our, our local manufacturers. And especially during the pandemic, it's been great to, to be able to work with this guy because, you know, he's been able to make tons of sectionals for us. And they're here. You can get them. Now, let me talk a little bit about this Clayton sectional. You can come in and give me your dimensions, and we can build it out. And usually, you know, if it's not something crazy, we've had customers buy sectionals 22 by 17 feet. Oh, my word. Crazy. Now, that's probably going to take longer than Did the they f- live, like, in the White House or something? That's ridiculous. Yeah, they lived in, like, Riverton and had an indoor <laughs> basketball court <laughs> yeah, downstairs. Yeah, okay, all right, right. We won't disclose their address. I didn't know Gordon lived in Riverton. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> but... We always pride ourselves in saying four to five weeks from now, you can have a custom sectional with the fabric of your choice. Come in. We have, a, we, have, we have laid out the fabric. You choose the color. You choose the dimensions, whether you want the chase on the right-hand side, the left-hand side. And here's the best part. 
It's built here in Utah, and you can get it, and it's not 16 weeks away. I even have two on the floor. Come buy it today. This weekend, we're doing that sectional at the same dimensions that it comes, which is 10 by 9, 10 feet by 9 feet, with the chase on the right hand or the left hand for twelve ninety nine. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You're, you're getting a custom sectional for twelve ninety nine. That's crazy. It, that it, you will not find that anywhere else. Nowhere. Nowhere. Else. And and to go on top of that, I'm not sure you could build your own for that price. <laughs> Honestly, we're talking about build your own bear. I don't know, but of course you couldn't. <laughs> and and the coolest part is the coolest part is is that you know you're supporting us, a local family owned business, also who's supporting a locally manufactured sectional. So you know keeps utah strong and we also kind of do the same thing with uh with our mattress we also have a program that's called um, the 30 day lay guarantee so kind of talking about your grandparents and having the same old nasty mattress get rid of, if you have an old mattress or you've been sleeping on the mattress that was handed to you when you got married by an uncle or cousin or something and you still are throwing that in your lane on and that and they got handed it to them in the first place yeah yeah that's scary let's start investing in your back and in your sleep sleep is so important austin and i always teach people and talk about sleep i love getting my 7 hours every night as much as i can and it's so important to invest in your health and in your back and in your sleep because it goes above and beyond whatever field, whatever you do for work. Yeah. And so part of our 30-day lay guarantee is if you come and you buy a mattress and you throw down the extra $59 on a mattress protector, we give you 30 days to say, okay, I didn't really like that mattress. It's a little too firm or it's a little soft. Yeah. Well, the part of the Tom Curl treatment here that he's passed on to us is we do respect and we honor it. If you buy that protector so that your dead skin and all that nasty stuff or whatever liquid comes out, whatever, (laughs) is protected. So if you buy that mattress protector, you get the 30-day lay guarantee, and you can come and exchange, obviously, and get a different mattress. And it's it's part of taking care of our customer. And that's about how long it takes you to know if you're for sure into that mattress or not. If you can't figure it out after 30 days, you got some problems. You can see a doctor. You're no doctor, but see a doctor. I'm no rocket science or doctor. (laughs) You know, I just sell mattresses. And you do it at extremely low prices here at 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. We'll get more screaming deals uh, from Clayton here in just a a little bit. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. More of The Big Show up next. We'll uh, check in with Kyle Whittingham here on The Big Show. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Utah Jazz are down to 10 games left in the regular season. Six at home, four on the road. They close out a road trip tonight in the Valley of the Sun. The Phoenix Suns have the two seed in the West. The Jazz have the one. Utah will be without Donovan Mitchell as he recovers from an ankle injury. Without Mike Conley as he nurses a tight hamstring. And possibly without Royce O'Neal who is listed as questionable with a wrist injury. The Suns maybe will be without Jay Crowder, but George Niang will likely be in the starting lineup again tonight for the Utah Jazz, and he talked about Mike Conley's leadership even if he's not in the game. Oh, he's constantly reminding us that we need to play defense. 
you know, when we, go, we usually check in at the same time on at his second stint, and he always seems to remind me as I'm running up, like, let's play defense, let's play defense. And if I cut someone off, I can hear him, and, you know, in the background being like, yeah, yeah. And then as he seemingly blocks someone's shot, it's, it's pretty funny, but Rudy is our anchor. And Rudy, as we go, as Rudy goes, and um, he's tremendous for us. He allows us to play the way we play. Um, he's a defensive player of the year. There's no other way around it. I'll leave it at that. Jazz Suns coverage starts at 7 o'clock with the pregame show. Hans Olsen, Tim Lacombe. Play-by-play action from David Locke and Ron Boone. Tips off at 8 o'clock. This update brought to you each and every half hour by Syringa Networks. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. of The Zone, The Big Show, rolling along here live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Come down, grab some jazz gear, one per customer, and check out these amazing deals on furniture, beds, uh, sheets, art, mirrors, anything you need for your house. They they have it or can get it right here at the warehouse. Tanner Mangum has been kind enough to fill in for Jake and Gordon today. I'm Austin Horton. Tanner, uh, we've talked a lot about Zach Wilson. We've talked a lot about the Jazz. We need to check back in with the Utes again, though, because we heard from Andy Ludwig earlier talking about the quarterback situation. There's another thing happening in all of college sports right now that's really a hot-button topic, and that is the world of transfers and how different it, it, it is and will be getting. Kyle Whittingham was on the morning show today with DJ and PK and spoke about their current situation looking for receivers and the transfer world in general. So you've been open about getting a receiver, possibly even more than one, through the transfer portal. How is that going? Going good. Going good. And the portal is is saturated right now with players. There's 4,500-plus football players in the portal now for Power 5 or or, uh, Division 1 FBS. I think that number goes down to to uh you know 2000 or something like that so it's it's uh not you know as big a pool as 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 uh, it might sound like it uh, at first blush but but uh we're searching the portal every day and evaluating and as is everyone in the country i mean it's no uh you know it's nothing that we're uh, doing and that everyone else isn't doing. I mean, it's something that is here to stay. It's free agency in college football is what it is, and that's that's exactly what it uh, has evolved to. And so, we've got our eye to the portal every day, and and uh, we're uh, you know evaluating everybody that comes into the portal every day that is of a, of a position that that uh, is of interest to us. And and uh, we feel like right now we're uh, going to stick with that plan. You know, one or two receivers that we'll add to the program, and and uh, 
if we still got uh, time on our hands. You know, it's only or time on our side, I should say. It's uh, you know not even May yet, so we have two or three months to to continue to search, and and it, it becomes kind of a, a strategic thing. You know, you got a guy you may like, but you know, do you, you know if you wait and be patient, you're going to find a guy you like better. And so it's it's there's a strategy to it, and you got to you know hope for the hope you make the right decisions. But uh, right now we think we're in, in a good place, even though we uh, <clears throat> haven't officially announced anybody yet. We think that uh, you know in the next uh, 30 to 60 days we'll we'll come away with a receiver or two that we really like. The portal is relatively new, and it really seems to be picking up speed. So do you ever see a name in the portal and think, man, I wasn't planning on using a scholarship on a guy of that position, but we got to go get that guy, or are people of that caliber not going into the portal? I think the latter, more so the latter. I think that, uh, you know, the the, – portal is mainly you know a lot of the guys in the portal are, are guys that uh, are not the number one guy at their position in the for example wide receiver you know if you're not the number one guy in your in your program and you think you should be and someone else is getting the majority of the touches well then you you know you think you may move on but but typically the you know the top tier caliber guys uh, stay situated and stay put for the most part now there's exceptions to that obviously but as a general rule, I think that uh, most of them stay put Anybody after spring ball from your program go into the portal? Not yet, you know, but uh, you never know. We had our exit interviews last week, and I met with all 130 guys, and that was a, a uh, daunting task. It took it took a lot of hours, but but uh, right now everybody is uh, in a good mindset and and uh, you know and indicated that they don't have any plans to to uh, move on at least at this point in time. But but that could change, and I would guess that by uh, you know, by the time fall camp rolls around, we'll have had somebody leave, but we'll see what happens. Kyle Whittingham with DJ and PK this morning. Tanner, a few a few thoughts there. We heard him talk about their search for uh, to bolster the wide receiver core in the transfer portal, but really I want to get your reaction to what's going on with this, the, the idea of free transfers and being able to play immediately after you transfer. Whittingham there said, essentially, there's a reason these guys are transferring. They're usually not getting the playing time they think they deserve. He was asked, has anyone transferred away from your uh, situation? And he said, not yet, which is kind of the caveat now you have to put on everybody. What is your reaction to this idea that you can transfer and immediately play elsewhere? First of all, a lot of respect for, for him conducting exit interviews with every single player going into the summer. I mean, 130 interviews. That's that's exhausting. I can't think of a hundred and I can't think of thirteen people I'd want to talk to <laughs> right now. So <laughs> good, good for him for doing that. Uh, this this transfer rule it's is an interesting one, and I'm on the side of the players on this one because so often coaches come to a program, stay there for a few years, and then use that as a launch to the next program. They move mm-hmm. on to greener pastures, leaving the players that they recruited in their wake. Mm. So often, players go to a school because they like the coaching staff. They like the system that the coaches have implemented. So they go to the school, and then the coach leaves, no penalty. He, he can go coach wherever he wants, but the player, if he wants to transfer, has to deal with go, th- go through a lot of different red tape. They have to sit out. It, it totally messes up with their, with their professional dreams. And so I think it's fair if the player wants to transfer, they shouldn't be penalized for it. Sure, it might create a free agency like Coach Whittingham mentioned, but, I mean, isn't that 
isn't the goal of NCAA sports to provide the athlete the best college experience possible? No, the goal is to make money. But yeah, then well, that, for yeah. the NCAA, yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> but as far as transferring, I, I feel like if if we want players to go to uh, schools where they where they feel valued, where they feel like they have a good chance, uh, a better shot at making it to to the NFL, they shouldn't be penalized for it. And um, and I, and I think you know Coach Whittingham, he he's benefited from some transfers in his program, and, he, and here he is openly talking about how they're looking for for right. players. And it, honestly, it, it makes me think about uh, you know some kind of a recruiting pitch in a way where it's like you can kind of put out put it out there. Hey, we're looking for receivers. You know, any any receivers out there? Kind of hit the spotlight yeah. up in the night sky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and so um, when it when it comes to the to this this whole transfer ordeal. I think whatever's best for the players, um, and 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 uh, you know, I think my, myself personally. I mean, there were times where I where I considered transferring. Were there really? We, we're, yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I dealt with three different coaching staff changes, and that's not easy to do. And like you said, you go that go to a place for a coach. Yeah, like a coach. I mean, I, I came to I went to BYU thinking that I'd be with Coach Mendenhall and his staff the whole time. After and after 2015, they left. Then I had to deal with. The next coaching staff with with Co- Coach Detmer, then he left, and I had to deal with another coaching staff, and that 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 can be hard hard to do. So of course the thought crossed my mind, but as I talked about, it's, there's a lot that goes into a transfer. You have to you have to consider sitting out a year, and it's like ah, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm already getting older, you know. I'm already yeah. an, I'm already an RM, and uh, I'm already in my early twenties. <laughs> <laughs> but and and so there's a, there's a yeah there's a lot that goes into it, and so I think um, you know if we can make it. A little bit easier for these guys, just to you know, th- all they want is a shot. They just want a shot to play. They want to make the most of their college years. They want to put themselves in the, in the best position possible to make it to the to the league. So you know, who are we to penalize them for that? Yeah, and I, uh, Jake, if he were here, Jake Scott would say it it's, opens an opportunity for more corruption, for more handshake line, uh, hundred bills to change hands, so to speak. And I get that, but it's kind of like. That stuff's gonna happen no matter what you do, and that's life. That's that's look at the corporate world. I mean, that's business. You, if, if if someone isn't happy at their current company, then they're gonna leave, and you can't penalize them for that. You can't tell them, well, you know, you can't work for a year. You know, it, I I think uh, sure that m- might open up some opportunities for uh, some seedy recruiting tactics or some. And I I've, I've already even heard about it. How you know some schools are kind of. Getting in the in the tampering uh, world with you know saying hey you know if you, if you go to the transfer portal we'll offer you a scholarship like we, we can't do it now but you know kind of there's there's already conversations happening there right. but I, but I feel like that's kind of how the world works if if uh, if someone isn't happy they they should they should have the freedom to go to a place where they want to be and and a place to a place where they feel valued yeah uh, Jonathan Tavernari was on the the show last week former BYU basketball player and he talked about and I think he played. In the uh, like 2009 time time frame yep. around there, and he talked about openly how there was a coach when he was at BYU, another school's coach, offered him a big old chunk of change to change schools, and that was then. If it's happening then, it's still happening now, even and more so now. Right in, in college basketball, especially, I mean, it, it happens in in the college football world, but in college basketball, it's it's rife with corruption. I mean, I there's a number of coaches that have already been. Uh, charged and, and programs that have been penalized, and it's it's an unfortunate part of the game. I think that's part of the uh, the allure of of college sports is kind of the purity of it, the innocence of it. They do it for the love of the game. They play it because they 
uh, they, they just, they, because they want to, because they love it, they're not doing it for business purposes, but unfortunately it has become a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a scandalous type of, a uh, operation. But again, kind of going back to how things work. I mean, look at the professional levels, the professional ranks, free agents, free agency is a, is a huge part of the game. It's, it's part of what makes it entertaining. I mean, things are constantly shifting. Things are constantly moving. And that's how teams get better. And uh, so I think to to force a eight an 18-year-old kid to make a decision and then be locked into it for four years, uh, I think it's a little bit unfair. He's Tanner Mangum. Uh, I think I agree with you on almost all of that. The players should have as much freedom as a coach has. And if there's corruption – that, then deal with it. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of life. There's always going to be I, something. I'm, I'm not saying deal. I don't, I don't want to make. I don't want to make it sound like I'm condoning corruption. I, I think that that. Oh, part that's is, what you're doing. And that's, <laughs> that, that's an unfortunate part of the game. Th- that it can come with the territory. I think you know they're make they're trying to make changes to uh, to get rid of that. But uh, more than anything, I think my point is players should have as much freedom as coaches do, and they they shouldn't be penalized for wanting to go to a a better program a better situation for them personally yeah all right it's the big show coming up on the other side we will have a not sports report are you a fan of a a, do you like a slurpee in the summertime are you a slurpee guy i'm more of a snow cone guy snow cone okay uh yeah i'm not not much of a slurpee guy i'm a glutton for the 7-eleven summer stop well, uh, there's something going on in Japan along those lines that I cannot wait to tell you about in the Not Sports Report. Coming up next right here on The Big Show. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Not Sports Report brought to you by LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at lhmusedcars.com. Usually this is where uh, Gordon Monson tells us uh, a story. This, these are real stories he's told us on the Not Sports Report about a, a five-year-old's birthday party in Mexico where they watched their donkey be fed to a tiger. Uh, he told us about the time that a sports rider died. Uh, he told us uh, about uh, uh, th- this person that had uh, a parrot that had uh, turned them into the police for murder. He, he's t- he tells he makes these really dark stories. I've learned about Gordon. He loves the horror stories. He, he loves them. He's a sucker for the uh, the rare but occasional uh, turn for the worst type of story. <laughs> he will. He is Eeyore. He will point out the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and that's we all need someone, I guess, like that. Uh, but I, I'm going to go a different direction. I told you before the break, uh, I give like half my paycheck every summer to 7-Eleven for Slurpees. I love, I love a good Slurpee at 7-Eleven. Interesting thing to waste half your paycheck on. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it, it's worth it, though. I, I tell you, that summer heat and, and a Slurpee really hits the spot. Well, this guy in Japan, uh, and was it Osaka? Uh, yeah, Osaka, Japan. Mitoshi Matsumoto. He's a 7-Eleven owner or a franchisee. He owns okay. a franchise of 7-Eleven. And he's been one of the, he's been he's won awards from them and franchisee of the year and he's been doing it for almost 30 years. Well, for he wanted to go on vacation. And so he changed his hours without corporate's approval for 3 days 
to where he would close down early and go have a good time on vacation for the rest of the night for three days. And they stripped him of his right to own a franchise. Ouch. And so what he's now done is he bought he bought a little plot of land in the parking lot of that 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven doesn't own the parking lot. So he bought that little part of the parking lot from the guy that owned that land and set up his own mock 7-Eleven and is now putting the actual 7-Eleven out of, out of business there on that corner. This sounds like a legal battle just waiting to happen. Well, and it's more than that. Now he says that he's getting, like, strange people following him home and, and getting th- late-night call threats. And he's, he's afraid that the people at corporate or have a hit out on him. 7-Eleven corporate, who knew? It's like a, like a mafia in there. Sounds like the next Spielberg movie is what it sounds or like. Or it kind of reminds me of the McDonald's origin story when, you know. Yes. Have you Ray, seen that movie? Oh, yeah, the founder. Yeah, yeah. Ray, Ray Kroc puts the McDonald's brothers out of business, and then he starts putting, you know. Takes make, their name. Takes their name and <laughs> puts puts a McDonald's right next to their burger joint and just runs them out of business. Yep, totally destroyed them. So this uh, what's, uh, Matsumoto uh he he's he's currently winning this fight, but he's afraid he's going to lose the war. I feel like you're not going to win against a corporation like Seven Eleven. There's no way. Yep, absolutely. Well, so there you go. If you if you're a Seven Eleven uh, nut like I am, there's a little uh, <laughs> not sports report for you. We're here at the warehouse, eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West in Salt Lake City. We are sitting on some of the best furniture my tushy has ever had the pleasure. <laughs> Uh, of sitting upon. Agreed. And uh, and you can afford it, too, down here at the warehouse. Clayton, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys? We're having fun. Tell us uh, what else you got for us. Not that you haven't done enough already. You're giving things away for dollars here hey. at the warehouse. Hey, it's something that we pride ourselves in doing. We love giving you guys the deals. We go out and fight for deals to give you guys deals. So, you know, not, it's not that we're giving stuff away, but... We love saving people money, and, and that's why we do it. I disagree because this Klossner bed over here that usually goes for <laughs> like three grand, it's eight hundred bucks. Right, that's you're giving that away. Basically, that's what that. That's what's basically, happening. There. And you know, for the listeners who are just tuning in, I wanted to touch on uh, what we've talked about just because Tanner's here. We're doing a special, special deal that's called the Tanner, uh, the Tanner special. If you come in through Monday, we're going to honor the Tanum special. Tanner, sorry. You just put together your last name first. It's all name. good. <laughs> this is the highlight of my day, honestly, having a special named after me. A modern. I saw him. He journaled it in one of our breaks. He pulled out his journal. <laughs> hey, well, he Dear may, diary. He may or may not have followed me back on Instagram, so I made <laughs> it. The Tanner special is a split king adjustable base with mattress. Normally, you know, you can go to any of my competitors down the road. You can get an adjustable base only, $38.99, maybe, maybe $27.99. Here at the warehouse, we're $22.99, and that's the massage, the adjustable base with massage and mattress. And you usually only get the base for something, for the, and more expensive than that. Price. You usually only get the base for $20.99, $21.99. I'm doing base with massage, the deluxe base. With mattress and split, split. That's key too. That's because, his and hers. Because yeah, you can you and your partner can one can be sleeping flat, the other can be propped up, and uh, take it from someone who knows someone whose name might be Austin Horton. <laughs> it helps the marriage a lot to be able to get a good night's sleep. We'll check this out. We've taken it a step further. Oh no! Because we also have, like you said, that Klausner bed that I have marked at eight twenty nine. If you come in, a king, by the way, it's a king size <laughs> bed, of course. Silliness. 
if you come in and you buy that Quasner bed, this is this is this is my special. I've never done a my special, so I'm gonna do it. This is the Clayton special. Okay. If you come in and get the Klausner bed, the king size Klausner, full solid wood, really nice top of the top of the line bed. What is that? A chocolate? What color is that? That's a rich chocolate, isn't it? It's I beautiful. W- I would say it's more of a charcoal, maybe. I, I would know. say it's more charcoal. It's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. If you come get that charcoal king size bed, solid wood, at eight twenty nine, I'm gonna drop you down to seven twenty nine. If you buy an adjustable base as well. So you get uh, mom and dad hooked up with the Taj Mahal beds, and then you make the teenager or the guest room happy with a brand new king. And I want to explain this because most of our listeners and customers come in and they say, that's a cool bed, but I want the adjustable bed. Let me explain how it works. Anyone who has a bed at their house, let's say you already have a really nice king-size bed and you're just interested in the adjustable base. How does it work? The bed is just a skeleton shell. You take out the slats, you throw out your box spring, and you put the bases inside of the bed. The bed doesn't move. The bases move, and your mattress goes on top. So if you've got a headboard and footboard you're in love with, you can still upgrade and keep that headboard and footboard if you're in love with it. Oh, of course. You just, like I said, throw out your stupid box springs and the slats, get rid of that system that's been around for tons of years, and get the adjustable base that's going to help you sleep better. So again, Tanner special twenty two ninety nine. That's the adjustable base with a mattress, and that's the deluxe with massage or the Clayton special. I'm going two hundred dollars off. That's a hundred dollars off the adjustable base and the and the bed for um, twenty ninety nine on the base and seven ninety nine on the king's bed. Ridiculous prices here at the warehouse, and you've got stuff in inventory. Not everybody, in fact, rarely anybody right now in the industry can say they have stuff you can go home with today. I have sofa love sets. I have six of them in, in, in different styles in stock for you to choose. I have 12 different sectionals for you to choose. That six-piece sectional that we talked about, the Steve Silver, starting at, you know, normally through thirty-six seventy-nine, we're at nineteen ninety-eight <laughs> this weekend only. 1825 South, 300 West in SLC. He's Clayton. It's a no-brainer here at the warehouse. Clayton, give me a boom. Boom. Boom! We'll be back on the big show here from Joe Ingalls next.